Uh, welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 96. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who've known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. We are live from the new studio. The new smooth, the, smooth sounds the, of the so Podcaster 9000. <laughs> hopefully you hear a, a dramatic change in the way we come across with sound. We've got a lot of key technology and, and cool sort of sounds and samples and everything like that that can be introduced into the show. We can do a whole lot more especially with uh, call-in interviews and everything like that. Absolutely, which we'll see on our uh, on our guest uh, in the next podcast. But, yeah, a, mass- a massive thank you, everybody, I must say, to our Patreons. Uh, the Patreons that um, uh, they get exclusive content from the, from the podcast have helped us out with their subscriptions um, to basically, like I said, we're not throwing it into a, a pub anywhere. We've invested in some really good new microphones and the Rode Podcaster... 9,000, whatever it's called, <laughs> uh, which just makes our life so much easier because previous to this, we were huddled around one microphone, huddled around one microphone and Scott was dialing in through his iPhone and it was just all very dodge. It's so, so nice to be very far apart from you. I know, we oh. are actually social distancing right now, <laughs> like we're supposed to be with two microphones and a little roadcaster bit of gear. So thank you very much to the Patreons. Speaking of which, get on to the Patreon if you, uh, if you want to be involved, get some exclusive content for us. Yeah, so... Uh, on today's show, we actually have uh, a massive guest. We have the GM of football, Mr. Uh, Dan Richardson. So we put a shout out to the club. They were very gracious in uh, allowing Dan uh, half an hour of his time, actually, to end Mate, up being. So it, went, it went on longer than we, than we could have expected. And it's a, it's a great interview. I know we've said this, but this is close to one of our best interviews that we've had with, with an Essendon official or ex-player or something because – He's great. It was an excellent, massive little bit of an exclusive. He gave us a little exclusive he in the middle, too, yeah, yeah a little too. exclusive for the listeners in the middle of the podcast, and then just the most incredible compliment for the for the podcast at the end. So, yeah, which we'll definitely use as a sample. <laughs> we said that to him on the phone. We said, "Well, that's a sample for the rest of our lives." That's Thank you very much, Dan. So, look, uh, look, it's so good to actually have a date, June fourteenth, three thirty-five p.m. Oh. at the SCG Essendon versus Sydney. We know now that uh, Ben Reed, uh, Buddy Franklin has been ruled out of the clash. So I think most Essendon fans, uh, when you're going to the SCG with no crowd, you you should expect talent on talent that Essendon comes in favourites. That's for me. I never expect a win. Trust me, I don't. I'll never. The clubs put me through too much to just Sydney, go in and especially say, in we'll the, just win. Yeah, especially in the preseason, especially in Sydney, it's still <laughs> a hard place to win up there. But uh, look. What we want to discuss too is is how good is it that the Essendon Football Club has 40-plus players fit? When was the last time the Essendon Football Club went into a, a round with, with look, you talk about the three Irish boys come off their, off their quarantine officially on Monday and Tuesday. I know yeah, McKenna came off, came off today, I think. Yeah, saw that on Instagram on, uh, on Connor's So that, that's really around message. about, I, I take that as around about 43 players that are healthy. If you're including Heppel, uh, Heppel's kind of 50-50, but tracking so well. Yeah. So you really got Noah Gown and Joe Danaher really on the injured list. And that's, can you honestly, can you think back the last time that that was the case? No, I've, I've, like, seriously. I can't remember it an Essendon football club that could do a proper intramatch team on team, you know, it's, with available players. It's nuts. All of our mids are, well, apart from Dyson, and he is one of the key, if not the most key mid. Um, but, man, all of the back lines available. Yeah. And fit. And Kale's back has had nine weeks worth of running around on a winery recovering. Um, Hurls is all good. Well, Francis that's it. I is mean, looking fit as a with, bull. With Ambrose healthy again, you, you've really got a full back line. And if Heppel does play round two and he's right to go, then you've got, you know, the whole midfield and back line available and fit. Uh, which it's interesting because you, you wonder what the Essendon approach will be. Do they, do you, do you, are some people in the theory of you pick your best team or do you, do you, are some that's people are age old question with Buddy and Ben Reid not available? Yeah. And the, and obviously they're going to have more Papley Heaney type focus yeah. with Blakey. Do they Is maybe Heaney, have a reassessment and go? Well, you know, Hooker could be an odd man out here. Yeah, I mean, he could. He we could, could be. Well o- be. We could be over tall. You've got Ambrose. You've got Hurley. You could Can have Ambrose Francis. stay with Heaney? Can he run with him? Like on a lead? I think Ambrose could stay with most people. I think he's he, he, he could. But is is Ambrose the kind of guy that 
that starts behind your man inside 50 and then has to keep up with him and run out to a lead? Or is he more around that so. centre-half forward kind of thing? Well, I think so. I, when I saw him tag Fife, and I know it's a midfielder's role, but he followed him everywhere. When Every time Fife tried to do a lead or anything like that, okay. he, he was right with him the whole time. Okay. So I, I think that's a good – personally for me, I actually think that's a really good matchup because one thing that Heaney can do is really – is he's very clever uh, overhead. Yeah. He's, and, he's, and Ambrose could – with his height could, uh, and athleticism could kind of hopefully nip that in the bud. And hopefully he leans on him. Like, I hope yeah. he leans on him hard, like <laughs> properly hard. Um, yeah. Not too hard that he gets injured again. But, no, I, I agree with you. I think there's a there's a really big decision to be made because, as we sort of said in the Dan Richardson interview, we've got, we've got eight or more perfectly healthy backmen. We've got hooks. We've got Francis looking like fit as a Mally Bull. We've got... Um, uh, Gleason, we've got uh, the kid from Brizzy. What's his name? I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Cutler. Cutler. Um, we've got Cutler, Kitty. We've got all those blokes running around, and now we don't have any bigs for them to, to play on. So I don't know. I'd, I'd, maybe it, we'd, we'd take the, the other thing we were thinking about earlier as we were doing the podcast but not recording it um, <laughs> Jimmy. Is, is Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy yeah. Stewart and Sean McKernan and, and Kyle Hooker. Now – Jimmy's running around apparently like a um, like a seventeen year old again. He's feeling good. Well, he did he he did uh, he did mention this um, just during the week. Yeah, absolutely. I was probably racing the clock a little bit for round one. I mean, body was feeling very very good. I'd just probably been back at training maybe week week and a half. And for me, um, yeah, the body was feeling good. I just wanted to have more footy under the belt. And the break we've just had um, probably a bit of a blessing for me personally. Um, and so-, so yeah, so he's doing really really. You could tell he's got a refreshed mind. Yeah, an outlook on footy because I mean he's had that whole journey with Joe with a very similar injury, mm. and you know he's coming out of the other side finally uh, with you know with this added kind of extra unexpected break. His body's fully, fully recovered, and that's that's so it's so nice to hear. That and you can again, hear the excitement in his voice. Yeah, absolutely. It's so nice to hear that, and I think that they're definitely doing the same thing with Joe. Is that, and you know what? I honestly hope they do the same thing with Heps. In that, if he's even close to maybe not being available, like not ready, don't play him. Let him be yeah. three weeks in a row of being absolutely perfect and he's literally kicking Woosh's front door in of his office to get selected. I'd love to see that. I'd, I'd love to yeah. see him. Could have played him three weeks ago, but we gave him an extra three weeks just off the top just to get his, himself absolutely cherry ripe and the guy is out there with one that a cat couldn't scratch and he needs to get out on footy field. I'd love to see that, and it looks like Jimmy's got that going for him at the moment, in that he's cherry ripe, and then who do you play? But I'm thinking it might be the decision is now McKernan or, or Jimmy Stewart, and you chuck Hooksy in the square, and you make Sydney worry about him, and he's marking. Yeah, it's it's a very, very tough selection, and and, and there's a big reason why I wanted to even ask the selection criteria, so... Uh, you'll hear in the next segment when we're talking to Dan Richardson. We, in all transparency, we talked to Dan two days ago. Yeah, uh, uh, we a had a really ago. good interview. We just we were able to grab a time with him and, and save the recording. Uh, and we actually discussed about what the actual selection committee's criteria is. Like, how do they go about it? Because we we bring it up quite obviously a lot. We've had that Langford's conversations. Yeah. but it was a really interesting to actually then have that kind of response about how they go through that, what the process is. Yeah, absolutely. So look. It lastly, look, before we go to a break, I think one of the key things through all this preseason, this whole COVID-19, is the players coming back. This first week, they're only allowed eight in a group, so you can't you can't do really proper any training. You nah. can very basic skills and running. Although, and then, Dan, although Dan, through his interview, he did, and, and that's probably because he's a professional media performer, but he did try and he put a positive spin on it by saying it's given the club an opportunity for the – individual coaches to work closer with their guys in the back line and stuff. So yeah. I think – but as much as he's a professional and we take what he, what he says for granted, is, is, it's still what you want, right? <laughs> it's what you want leading quickly yeah. to a game. But I, I get his point too. But uh, then the following week you're obviously – then the, most of the team are allowed to play together. Uh, the rule is uh, pretty much from the AFL and government that they can only have two main sessions – uh, you know, that two aggressive contact kind of sessions. Yeah, or proper sessions. So they've been doing the Tuesday and the Saturday the last week or so. Um, but it, it does beg the question with that limited kind of preparation, limited, 
limited kind of strategy and, and, and match simulation, how rusty this first week could be for all sides. All sides. That, that, I mean, that's the beauty of it is that you're going into Sydney, but they've got the exact same conditions as we have. Um, and it, it, you know, normally around one at the start of the year is always an unknown. You don't know teams can come out really bad or, um, and it feels like this is again going to be the case uh, for round two. So, excuse me. <laughs> Thank you for that cough. Yeah, and we need a cough button. The only problem with the, with the new bit of equipment, the new bit of kit we've got, is that it's in front of Scotty on the other side <laughs> of the podcast studio, and I'm looking at him going, "I need to cough. I need to cough." And we have no cough button currently, but that's okay. Keep going. What were you saying, Scotty? Yeah. So it, it will be interesting to see how all the teams come out. Uh, how far you know? Are we going to see kind of like seventy percent of their product that you normally get? You can't know, rely on form. Like you can't no. say, oh, well, yeah. the Bombers are in fact or, or gee, Sydney's in form at the moment so we've got to worry about them. It could probably just come down to straight talent. This one could come down to less the way the team plays as a team mm. and more just about the sheer talent on the ground because everybody will be saying the same coaching methodologies and the same thing, but it's basically like round one again. You've got round one and nobody knows what form anybody's in in round one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it because we've got – all of our names, all of our names are available. This selection is going to be incredibly difficult for the club. Yeah, it's. I don't envy their position, but but I do envy it. Like it's but, great. Yeah, but it's thank goodness we actually have some pressure. Oh man, I, I'd like yeah. someone like um, um, uh, Ambrose. Does he walk straight back in? Yeah. Does he come straight back into the into the side after that when, injury? Yeah, and when one of the shining lights was Ridley. Jordan yeah, Ridley. Like, um, I mean, Brendan's Jordan Ridley for me. Was for me a close to about taking off. Yeah, I, I, and then looked, do you want to hinder that because that beautiful he, booty's got? Yeah, he looked like he was about to take the next level for me. Uh, and from you know, from what I hear from training, he's training like that too. Like he's seriously about to take the next level. And Maggie Thatcher and and those guys. Like, do we want to get some more time into those kids? And mm. so these again, these are all really going to be tough, um, tough things for the club. So, yeah, well, I guess it's a good segue because we needed some questions answered. Yes, and, and uh, who do we call up? We uh, tell our listener, "Hey, we need some, uh, we need some answers. Can we get someone from the club?" And Dan Richardson uh, was kind enough to give us a call up, and we're going to go to that interview right after the break. Are you about to say anything? No, I wasn't about to say anything yet. <laughs> so, That's okay. I'll, I had to think this. about it, and then not so much. No, okay. okay. Yeah. So after the break, we uh, we're going to uh, have a chat to Dan Richardson. See you soon. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Well, uh, we have a very, very special guest uh, on today. Absolutely. And it is the GM of football, Dan Richardson. How are you, Dan? Very well, gentlemen. You going well? Really good, um, as best as we can in this whole situation. Um, getting a lot uh, happier and finding a smile come to my face um, when I know that footy's coming back at a date now and we'll be, uh, we'll be watching the boys again soon. Yeah, it's been a challenging time for the whole community, hasn't it? But I think uh, for many of us, uh, myself included, the prospect of footy back on back on TV and uh, and and footy back on is exciting. It gives us something, all of us, something to look forward to, doesn't it? Absolutely, exactly. And it's and it's very rare that at Essendon starting a I guess a, a brand new season with forty players, kind of healthy plus. <laughs> So it's uh, there's a touch of optimism, just even the fact that it, it is quite a healthy view at the club, and it's been a while, but uh, it, it's it, hopefully it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise. This break, um, mate, we're, we're coming off a win as far too. as as far as on field, but we we do know off field the club has actually gone through quite a bit, so we're very very wary of that as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Come, coming off a win in round one is yep. is nice, and it seems. Seems like quite some time ago, yeah, mind yeah, you. Yeah. But yeah, it was certainly with our first full contact session on Tuesday. It was really pleasing to see so many players out on the on the track and touch wood and fingers crossed. Um, yeah, that continues. But um, but you're right with um, with a couple of players that were probably a little bit uh, interrupted or, or going to miss you know the first few rounds. Uh, it looks like you know, the large majority of, of those players should be available. Um, Come round two, uh, which uh, which is terrific. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's music to our ears, Dan. That really is. <laughs> Look, uh, I wanted to start off. Every time we sort of have a guest, it's not everyone would uh, would know you, um, Dan Richardson, as far as fan base. I mean, you a lot of fans kind of go directly to the players. Uh, and look, I, I just thought it'd be a bit of an opportunity just to, at least at the start, to just understand you. Um, and, and look, I, I thought it'd be a bit of a fun quiz at the start because I, I want you to tell me about the link to a player in 1901. Uh, that's uh, called Fred Hiskins. Uh, Fred Hiskins, who's yep. my great-grandfather. Uh, now, so my uh, my my uh, grandmother, Jean Richardson. Um, uh, yeah, it was uh, Fred was uh, was her dad, and um, so yeah, Jean and well, my both my parents grew up in Wodonga. My dad from a farm outside Wodonga where he grew up, and so yeah, so um, my nana Jean was a Hiskin, and uh, and 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 yeah, the Hiskin is a famous name for Essendon, so even though. Um, yeah, some people may be aware of a close, obviously through Dad, a, a connection with the Richmond Footy Club. Um, mm. The connection with the Essendon Football Club goes back further. Yeah, and, and he was actually a, a leading goal kicker in 1901, uh, according to Wikipedia. So that's he was. Yes, yeah, that's so correct. 30, yes. 34 goals, and um, I think and actually I think that there's a bit of a note that he kicked maybe two goals, ten, and against South Melbourne. So uh, I, I I haven't heard that one. Did, didn't have the right boots on on that day. <laughs> didn't have the right boots on that day, but it's pretty uh, it's pretty um, cool that you coming on board with Essendon. And, and having a bit of a connection to the club yourself. Uh, and I, look, I got something later that I know there's also a bit of a Jack Jones question, but uh, a, a link as well. So I'll ask that a bit later. But Grant, nice. mate, uh, speaking of which, you said you grew up in Wodonga. Did you play any? Um, did you play any footy when you were younger? We asked that uh, same question to Xavier uh, a while back. Oh, okay, were you yeah. like a hard hitting midfielder? I, I actually, uh, well, I didn't grow up in Wodonga. My oh, okay. parents did, and then and then moved, so I grew up in Melbourne. Although. Okay. I spent a fair bit of time back on the farm in Wodonga over the years because um, uh, my grandparents were still there, even though I was born in Melbourne. Um, so I have a, a, a bit of a link back to back to the country, but um, oh, yeah, it's hard one to talk about yourself and your own <laughs> mediocre mediocre oh, footy career. It, but go for it. Go oh, for well, it. look, I, you know, I played um, most of my footy. I played in the amateurs. I played for old Dabs, but played through. I was fortunate enough to play through quite a successful. Period for old variants in the amateurs. Um, okay. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a bit of a go at trying to make it um, at AFL level. I had some time at Hawthorne um, through under 19s uh, for a couple of years under Russell Green, um, and I was actually on their on their list for a, a little while. But in the end, uh, oh, bottom line is I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but ended up uh, yeah having having. Anyway, what I what I consider a very enjoyable and reasonably successful career in the amateurs with old dads. I went to school at Xavier, so um, okay, yeah, played play with my uh, with a lot of my mates there. That are still um, many of which are, are still my best mates, and that was um, yeah, we, we had a really fun time and a successful time. And yeah, the amateur competition I still have a lot of respect for, and I think it's a it's actually a great competition, and and it's a it's a reasonable standard. Um, but uh, but certainly the the amateur community is a very close knit community, and the old Zabs Footy Club is a is a great footy club in terms of um, you know as an amateur club and and been a really powerful footy club, uh, particularly in you know the last sort of you know fifteen to twenty years. Yeah, and I guess mate, that's that's half the fun uh, about growing up playing footy is that okay maybe maybe you didn't make it to the AFL, neither did I, neither does ninety nine percent of the Australian uh, po- population. But I guess with those great memories you have of, of the amateur side of things and um, the time you did spend uh, with Hawthorne and stuff, that's, they're the kind of great memories that you that you remember um, growing up. So that's really great to hear. Now, uh, next question i got for you, I reckon sort of moving into your time at Essendon now as, as GM of football, can you help us understand what's a day-to-day jo- uh, day like for Dan Richardson at Essendon? Oh, yeah, it's a good question. Where do I start with that? It can is it varied? Involve, I mean, is it... Is it can it... involve many twists and turns <laughs> and, um, and um, yeah, there's a lot of things that come at you that you probably can't plan for and things can come up, whether it's, you know, issues or concerns around players to, um, to things that are more planned, like, you know, whether it's a board meeting or, you know, an, an exec, 
an exec team meeting or a meeting with Xavier or a you know, coaches meeting and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's a fairly diverse role um, and there's um, yeah, that, that makes it really interesting, um, but it also equally makes it um, really challenging at times. There's, there's yeah, a lot of different, I guess, stakeholders, you could call them, for want of a better term, that you you need to, uh, as GM of footy, you need to um, sort of to, to be across and be in communication. So there's, yeah, I mean, essentially my role is to ensure that, um, you know, we've got the best possible people in place in, in the key roles in our football department, um, and that's across coaching, high-performance recruiting, welfare and and you know, the medical side of things um so yeah so i see it mainly as my role is to get the best possible people in place and let them do their jobs um, um but there's obviously a, a management and leadership um, line of reporting um through from from those people to me and then equally to me you know i have a reporting line upwards to to xavier and and then um to the board so um so yeah that's uh, that's it's fairly diverse. I mean, my my level of contact with the players is 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 um, not not uh, significant, but significant enough. I mean, certainly there's a you know there's a yeah. a relationship piece with the players, particularly particularly the player leadership group, um, and 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 you know, Dyson as as captain. So, um, but yeah, I mean, my I guess my style is, is is more around ensuring we have the best possible people in the key roles and. And uh, and and you know support them to to do uh, to do the best job that they can and and look yeah the hard part of the job is is and certainly you know it's the case at the moment due to the circumstances yeah. that we're in but I guess over the last couple of years as well uh, not that I necessarily came to the club with a, a a big mandate for change but yeah we have had it's fair to say over the last couple of years has been a, a bit of change in personnel within the football department and fair to say yeah. Uh, and look, you know, those decisions are, are based purely on, um, you know, the responsibility I hold to the members and fans, which is to uh, try to ensure that we have the best possible football program in place um, to help us achieve, you know, what we all know we want to achieve. So, um, you know, and that's a team that performs consistently well in finals and, and, yeah. and ultimately, you know, we, we all, like every club, we, we want to win premierships, but... Um, so yeah, so I think the people part of it is the, is the biggest challenge, but it's also you know the most the most important piece, and yeah, and it's also rewarding because hopefully if you've got you know really good people around you, um, you can build good relationships with them and have a good connection and enjoy what we do. Well answered. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, speaking of the like the COVID nineteen situation, um, it kind of leads me into where I was thinking next is, look, I know you can't actually say yes or no, but I'm going to do an assumption that the VFL competition is pretty much under jeopardy as far as AFL-listed players. Uh, so I wanted, I wanted to understand, say like a classic cape like um, Sam Draper, classic case like Sam Draper, where you know he's not going to play, you know, round two to round five. He's still got a bit to go, but... He actually could, you know, seriously, if if there was injuries or, or form, could play round ten onwards. But to get him to that point and match ready, how how would you and the coaches go about getting him some sort of match practice or simulation, uh, considering the VFL is is likely not to go ahead for the AFL guys? It's a really good question, and um, it's something that yeah, from day one. Uh, with the, the whole COVID uh, circumstances, that yeah, the, the prospect of VFL games or being able to field a VFL team for the rest of the year being unlikely, mainly because um, with all the protocols in place you know, around compliance to the you know, and, and uh, mitigating risk around the um, the coronavirus, we, we, it's unlikely, and we know this now that the AFL listed players with all the restrictions they'll have to comply to won't be able to play with. Um, your, your, your part-time VFL players. Um, so it's certainly been something in the front of our minds. We've had some discussions even as early as today in a AFL GMs meeting where they're, we're looking at um, a good, a strong possibility of being able to play sort of some form of match practice, match simulation with 
other clubs or against other clubs. Okay. okay. So they won't be full. They won't be full style, full scale games as such. Um, but yeah, but a level of practice game, if you like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just all working through that at the moment. But yeah, there, there's a there's a good prospect of um, you know the players that you know you're talking about or the the players that are missing out on on AFL selection um, still having. The opportunity to, to you know have some sort of competition uh, against uh, against players from from other clubs, which is great, and it's really important for them to be able to you know to stay motivated to keep training, but also important for us to you know uh, to to keep them you know prepared and ready to go should we need them. And um, you know we know in footy anything can happen, and and even uh, and even you know players that might think that they're a long shot um, from being selected in the AFL team at various stages. You, you just never know what can happen, and you know we want as many players as possible to be uh, to be ready to go should we require them. So, uh, so that's really good news. That's sort of you know in some respects it's a, a little bit um, yeah hot off the press just for you guys that one. Oh, nice, like that <laughs> exclusives. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> this is the kind of hard hitting journalism we do here on the podcast. Um, again, just a bit more on that subject, I guess. Um, and Scott actually told me this, and I wasn't aware of it off the top of my head, but according to Scotty, the, the league has um, restricted the amount of contact sessions per week to, to two contact sessions per week or something along those lines. Um, is it Has the, the coaching staff um, changed the training methods or has there been significant changes or is, has Wusher and Truck been able to still implement the game plan that they wanted to this year, with the restrictions around how how the players can train. Yeah, so the first week round there was no contact, um, and players were restricted to a maximum of eight. Um, but often that might have been seven plus a coach because a, a coach had to, if they were sort of involved in the drill, had to, yeah, had, sure. to had to be part of that eight. So, but look, we didn't mind that. That was an opportunity just to integrate back and and mm-hmm. and and. Um, you know, uh, revisit some, you know some of the, the game plan concept in smaller groups, which is which is probably uh, quite a, a good way of doing it. Um, so since then, yeah, this week we've moved into yeah the contact sessions, and you're right for the next or as we build into um, the first game, we can um, all sessions now can be contact, um, but only two a week can be um, all players together. Okay. Um, okay. So, so our session today, for example, wasn't the all players session, but there were so it was back to groups of eight. But there could still be a level of contact in those groups of eight. So, look, we've had to, you know, the coaching staff, particularly and fitness staff, they had to adapt a little bit to to that scenario with some drills. But, um, but look, we we do, and certainly trucks style of coaching is to, and probably um, uh, Blake's, and look. Probably a lot of coaching these days. You tend to often break the the game plan into out down into different components anyway, and, and work often with smaller groups. So, mm. look, it's been an adjustment, but it hasn't been a, a massive adjustment. And, you know, coaching staff these days across the board spend an enormous amount of time planning training and making sure that training um, is you know run as efficiently and effectively as possible. So, um, so yeah, I think. I think we've done a, you know, a pretty good job of, of coping with some of the adjustments we've needed to make. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, we'll probably be kicked off uh, the podcast if we didn't ask about Joe Danaher, so I've got to ask. <laughs> uh, and I know he's overly discussed and overly reported on. Um, but, look, I guess f- – uh, between us and the fans, <laughs> just, just on Joe, I nearly, I nearly bit my wife's head off the other week when she asked me about Joe and why. Your wife? <laughs> oh, why you know, oh God, so, we're in trouble. He nearly bit his so wife's you, head you off. You guys are in all sorts of trouble. Oh, no, but no okay. I, like, I fully understand. There. I fully understand. We can't have an interview without, um, without you asking a question. So <laughs> it, go it, ahead. Go yeah, look, for it. It, look. We're, we're we're pretty kind of um, chilled on it, right? Because we we understand. You know, you can hear the messaging coming through that, look, pretty much the process seems to be, and you can confirm it, is like a two-step forward, one-step back kind of approach. And and it's kind of that, you know, going if you're going from 0 to 100, it can go 0 to 20, then to 15, to, you know, the 25. The and, and and it's kind of just strengthening and, and gradually building. So I, I, 
Look, we totally get that there's no way you can say there's a specific timeline because that's that's just not the nature of the injury. I think what we've been noticing um, just on fan sites and social media it, it is more like a, a concern is, 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 is Joe probably holding off to, for most of the year. Um, uh, and and I, don't, I don't think that's the case. So I just wanted to sort of just confirm it, it's pretty much still the club's intention that, that Joe plays this year if, if all going well. And that's, that's still kind of the, the goal and, and Joe's goal as well. Oh, that's absolutely our intention. I absolutely believe it's Joe's intention to play this year. Um, we're certainly not holding anything back. Um, and, you know, he's a footballer. He wants to get yeah. back and play football yep. as yep. soon as he possibly can. And if, and all I can say is that people listening out there, and I, I understand that the return has been gradual and there's times um, where it's been frustrating that, you know, it's been. Um, you know, it's it's been over you know a couple of years now that um, you know been trying to you know work with Joe and he's been doing his best to sort of get back. Um, but you know, I can assure you, when you look and you see the effort and the work and the commitment that he puts into his rehabilitation um, and uh, and how hard he works, you, you couldn't commit to some of the things that he's committed to doing without. Uh, without having a strong desire and motivation to get back and play as quickly as possible, in my view. Yeah, and and it's probably what's probably misleading is you you see that kind of ten second grab of vision of training, but the, no one. Uh, this is only assumption, but no one's seeing what's happening inside the hangar, the all the all the weights, the, yeah. all the things that he needs to do, as far as in uh, I guess getting the injury right and strengthening that we would. There's no vision of that, and I'm sure to get him to a point where. He, he's progressing quite well, according to, you know, if you're looking to Xavier and Dodoro's recent comments, uh, there, there has to be a lot of work that we never see. Oh, you, you, you're spot on. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, you know, we don't have cameras in the gym, but I can tell you that's what I'm sort of referring to. And I know it's difficult when, when, when people out there can't actually see this, but, um, you know, Joe, Joe, you know, for a, a long period now, has been working really diligently in the gym, and that's been designed to 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 build um, the resilience of his body to a point where he's not just coming back for a few games and getting sore again, and having and then having to sort of play through pain. It's it's been designed to build the resilience in his body, so he, he can you know he can, his career can pick up and he can he can have a you know a, a long career. So. Um, but yeah, the, the amount of work that he's done in the gym to sort of to to to, to build his general conditioning, but but obviously the, the strength um, uh, in you know in that sort of pelvic you know glute um, hip region has been you know has been extraordinary. And our physio and medical team as well, and Nick Kane in particular, work really really closely with him. Um, and now probably you know more recently, Sean Murphy, our new head of um, you know, strength and conditioning or head of fitness. He's been working really closely with Joe more recently. So, yeah, I can. we all hope that we start to see him outside on the track a little yeah. bit more often and hopefully reasonably soon see him start to integrate into, um, you know, some more, you know, football training drills as well, which will be great. Mate, it, it, all of that is exactly what we were hoping to hear and that we're, we're taking a cautious approach, approach with, on his day, the best full forward in the comp. <laughs> and or centre half forward in the comp, and uh, it's great to hear that that everything is happening in the background. I mean, obviously that's that's all great to hear. But Scotty, I just wanted to point out that that was a very light head chew off just then. I think we got uh, I think we got let off by Dan just quietly there. <laughs> <laughs> so we we appreciate that, Dan. Um, no, as I said, <laughs> I, I understand, and you need to ask that, that question. And I know people out there are interested in it, so yeah, absolutely, it's, uh, it's it's not a problem. Just just don't tell my wife I answered it as detailed as that. No, we won't. Um, all right. So <laughs> on a on a, a, bit, a bit of a happier problem uh, that the club may have at the moment, um, with uh, one of my favourite players, Kale Hooker players, Kale. Hooker, Hooker and, uh, and uh, Mr. Ambrose, um, with them now being what I, I hope is fit and ready to go, um, there's a lot of pressure, I assume, on the selection committee to, to have legitimately eight to nine sort of high-quality backmen of various sizes um, fit and ready to go. 
Um, can you? This is what I sort of mentioned to you earlier. Can you explain a bit more about the process of selection committee and how it go, how each week the selection committee goes about selecting? I don't know, an Ambrose over a Gleason or a um, a Ridley or a Zerk Thatcher or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, look, at first point to make, it's a very collaborative approach. I mean, Bush's style is certainly to um, seek out the opinions of, of, of all, the, all the coaches. Um, and, you know, certainly if you're talking about a particular area of the ground, obviously, you know, the, the coach that's responsible for that area of the ground. So, you know, in, in the case you're referring to, the, if it's the back line, well, this year James Kelly's responsible for that area. Um, and it's not uncommon for there to be some fairly rigorous debate around that as well. Um, what you do hope, in reference to the situation, hopefully that we're in um, when we return to play, is that you, know, you hope that those decisions are difficult decisions because that means you've got um, pressure on yeah. for selection. And um, I know that, and I, I'm confident that that's really important attribute of any good team is that um, you have players fighting. For positions because you know that that drives all those players to continue to improve and if they all keep improving then um, then I think the team improves as well so that's what you want but albeit they're often difficult decisions and and obviously out of that then you know the the the, the messaging to the players that may miss out on selection is a really important consideration and yeah what sort of message that the coach gives to them as to what they need to do to, or why they might have missed out and what they need to do to best position themselves to get back in the team is a really important conversation. But, you know, you don't envy coaches. I mean, it's, I think that's often nearly the hardest part of coaching. I think any coach would tell you um, dropping a player or telling a player that he's missed out if he thinks he should be in the team particularly if he's um, you know, a really experienced player is yep. probably one of the harder conversations you can have. So And in this yeah, climate so look, and in, the, in this climate as well. So it's it's not like yeah, you're going to the VFL. Yeah. Exactly. Well yeah, when if there's no VFL games, um, that that will yeah, you're right, that that will become even more difficult this year. So uh, yeah, in terms of the process, look it's yeah, it's, it's sitting around a table. I mean I you know, I, I sit in on that process, um, I guess at, at times to perhaps you know um, provide um, I guess some sort of chair role uh, on on some occasions, but yeah, essentially, um, whilst we'll often there'll be rigorous debate in the end, you know you have to make a decision. Most of the time, that decision ultimately rests with the senior coach, and even if uh, people have their say, and and even if they don't, uh, if the player that that they would like in is not selected, then you know. Um, we have to live with that, and, and everyone has to come out aligned and um, be and ensure that we continue to um, deliver a consistent message to to all the players. So, yep. yeah, that's that's essentially um, how it works. But yeah, it's it's as I say, it's it's, it's not uncommon um, for for there be to be some level of disagreement or, or rigorous discussion inside the room. But I'd love to be yeah, in the room for that. Dan. That, that, <laughs> that rigorous discussion would be great. <laughs> Certainly, once you've made those decisions, you, we all, we, you know, it's really important that we all, we all come out aligned. And yeah, I guess the, the main point to make as well is that any of those selection selection decisions, they're never personal, um, and they're always based on what we think will deliver the best result for the team. Um, and and that said, you know, we, um, yeah, we, uh, we always know that well, those those decisions are made before the games are played, and. <laughs> And everybody else gets to judge whether those decisions are right or wrong after the game's played, which is a lot easier. Yeah. Look, uh, that's, you, you're doing so well, mate. <laughs> you're answering really well. Uh, can I – this is just, a, look, a final question. And, again, we just want to say thank you so much for your time. I, I wanted to get an understanding just of yourself and the coaches. One, how did you assess the preseason and the Fremantle game? Like, from, from us afar, it was – it was actually very, very positive. I mean, you're going to the, the West Coast home ground, basically, or home training ground. You're going to Colac. You, you're facing Fremantle, which is always a bit of an unknown in round one. And, and you've and you've won them all, basically. And uh, I, look, I just noticed too, also, James Stewart, just the, the club put up a, a training kind of video and, and he just noted that uh, he felt Tuesday's session was 
probably the top three of enjoyment and, and attitude wise was he's ever had at the club. And from, from a fan, it's a sense it's the club is coming together really well. Like the playing group is coming together really well, but I just guess, what did you, how have you assessed so far the season at the start of the year? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. We're fairly positive about our pre-season. Um, I actually heard you, your last, or listened to your last podcast, I think, or one late last year, and it was sort of acknowledged. Some people would say there's, there's been um, a bit of change, and we've you know chopped and changed a little bit. But I don't think we have over the last twelve months. I think that um, the defensive game plan or side of, or, 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 or aspect of the game plan that Truck brought at the start of last year took a little while to learn, but that didn't need to change over over the summer just gone and okay. and Wusha, you know Wusha did a great job of you know continuing to delegate majority of that to to truck um yeah Blake obviously joined the club late last year and there were, that was sort of designed I guess his recruiting Blake was designed to bring in um a midfield and an attacking um attacking game plan that complemented that defense a little bit better and and you know from from past experiences, I'd, I'd probably had a strong understanding that, that Blake and, and Truck work very well together, um, and I think you know Wusha, Wusha would certainly, um, you know, having seen them both work together over the preseason, would 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 really acknowledge that. Um, and so while there's some some changes to the probably midfield and the way we attack, I think the way that Blake's able to to teach the, those concepts and able to, I, I think one of the, you know, the, the greatest attributes of coach, any good coach can have is to try to you know, make it seem, uh, the complicated seem, um, uh, seem simple. Um, so I think, I tend to think probably when, when you hear, you know, I didn't hear James today, but obviously he hadn't done a lot of the preseason because of his, his injury. But yeah. yeah, for him to say that, I, I can, I can see where he's coming from there. You, you still want, um, you don't want to overcomplicate things, and you want still training and the concepts to be easily understood and to be fun as well and enjoyable to play. So it's it's pleasing um, to hear someone like James sort of saying that. Um, yeah, and I think then obviously with a new um, head of fitness in Sean Murphy, I guess it was probably a little bit different uh, summer in terms of the the fitness and, and yeah. in particular our running volumes. And so the the players certainly work really hard. Um, and yeah, I think. Out of all that, we were well prepared for round one, and I think um, for the majority of that, the game that that showed. Um, to Fremantle's credit, they they came back towards the end of the game pretty strongly, um, and I think they'll be they'll be a pretty competitive outfit this year anyway. But um, but yeah, we we think all in all it was a, a good preseason, a pleasing result round one, and um, and yeah, to your point about. What uh, James's comments? I think hopefully we feel as though on on uh, in the last week or so, and on Tuesday we we sort of you know quickly be able to pick back uh, pick up where we left um, whenever it was eight weeks ago, and um, and uh, and continue along those lines. You know, we're we're also though conscious of the fact that um, you know we we want to be playing good footy early in the season. Um, we've obviously had the the pause, but. Yeah, we've always wanted to be playing good footy early in the season, but our best footy will build, will be to come. And you want to be building into the back half of the season. Uh, it's probably fair to say that the last couple of years, you know, we've started slowly. We probably had to play catch up a bit mid-season, and then we've really fallen, you know, fallen away um, in in the back part. And we, you know, and, and the best teams really, you know, to perform well in finals need to be peaking at that time of year, and 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 so. Um, so that's been a bit of a focus for us as well. Well, thank you very much. Look, I was going to quickly ask you, just if it's a very quick answer, Dyson Heppel, good chance or, or 50-50? Still a ways off. Uh, I would say, no, I would say a good, a good chance to be, um, he certainly looks fit. And he's, yeah, he looks Yeah, if he's not in the, in the round two game, he'll, he'll be very close. Okay. Well, Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Like, uh, we so much appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, if you listen to our further shows, we get the analysis right. You feel free to ring up and, uh, and, and go to town on us if we get yeah. it wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, look, we're so excited uh, that, that footy's coming back. It, it means a lot to the community, lots to, lots to obviously 70,000, 80,000 members 
So uh, let, let's, uh, let's attack the season hard and, and we just look forward to cheering the boys on. No, what I'd say from your questioning, boys, and um, from what I've heard of your podcast, I would say to the listeners out there, take, take note of what you guys are saying. You, you're on the money most of the time. Nice. And, um, but uh, appreciate your, your, uh, your positivity as well. Mate, yeah, thank you very much. You've just done the promo, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> that, that's going to be in every opening now, Dan. <laughs> no, but... no. Mate, again, from my point of view as well, thank you very much for coming on, mate. We really appreciate it. We know you're incredibly busy. And, uh, yeah, to come on our little podcast, we really appreciate it. And so do the listeners. So thanks very much, mate. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks, thanks Dan. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. What a great interview there with Dan Richardson from the Essendon Footy Club. So gracious with his time. Uh, there's no way I thought he was going to go for half an hour. So to get the kind of detailed response uh, that we got, even with a small exclu- exclusive, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was just fantastic. So Mate, uh, there was there were so many good things about the, the interview, but what did you, what was the number one thing you took away from that interview? Uh, it's a good question. I, I think no doubt the number one thing for me was probably this. From what I've heard of your podcast, I would say to the listeners out there, take take note of what you guys are saying. You, you're on the money most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, sorry, I, I had my headphones off just for a moment then, Scotty. Um, what, what was that quote again? From what I've heard of your podcast, I would say to the listeners out there, take, take note of what you guys are saying. You, you're on the money most of the time. That's it, Dan. That's what it's I thought. It's a valid point. Yeah, it? it's a valid point. That's what I thought I heard. I just wanted to make sure that Forget the Joe Danaher news. Forget the happening. No, don't worry, about the, don't worry about the exclusive in the middle of the podcast about us training with other clubs. Uh, nothing. It was all about the fact that the GM of football thinks that we're on the money. Thank you well, very much, Dan. Well, it was... Uh, look, in all transparency, even just before the show when we're saying hi to Dan and talking to him, and he was talking like, oh, yeah, you know, I was talking about your... your one of your podcasts you did last year and you mentioned this and I was like, what? What? Because <laughs> it still flips us out that anybody from the Essendon Footy Club even knows the word Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Um, so when people like Dan Richardson are having to listen to us, probably because, I don't know what he was expecting, some sort of hard-hitting journalists or hit pieces or something I know, like you that. always go, oh, which show did you listen to? Yeah, <laughs> so long as it wasn't the darkroom Scotty pessimistic about the entire club thing. The one where we lost you, like know, four or five in a row. Yeah, so Scotty says... Listen to that one, on did you? He was a bit depressed on that one episode. <laughs> but again, a massive thank you to the to the SM Footy yeah, he Club. He was awesome. He was genuinely awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Massive thank you to the SM Footy Club, Dan Richardson, um, for coming on. Yeah, so look, uh, as you know, we've been doing uh, our 80s, 90s and 2000 to 2010 top 20 Essendon players of the decade series. Yep, the Zoom series. Uh, look, I, I haven't really talked about that uh, since the, that series has been completed, but can I just say a massive thanks to all the fans for uh, listening to our YouTube clip. We've never done YouTube before and it's been on camera and on Zoom. And we both have faces for podcasting, <laughs> trust me. So, uh, look, I... To get guys like Gary O'Donnell and Scott Lucas, I mean, it just freaked us out. Like, completely freaked us a out. Captain and, and one of the great centre forwards ever at the club. Exactly right, man. And couldn't, honestly, I mean, I don't know, we, we, we're saying this, it, it might sound like we're trying to blow smoke up, but two of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet in your I life. I know. It, it, sometimes I wish some people could see with these interviews, and, you know, we've had Josh Green and Oloran Shaw and Mercedes and yeah. uh, Simon Madden, all of them. Almost like the pre-conversation you have as you just start the phone call and you're not recording yet. And how lovely. So I know. And like, again, like, they're, they're probably at home in between dinner and <laughs> some emails or whatever they're doing. So they come and talk to us. And just the level of, and when, like, let's just not be, not tell any lies. We're nervous as all hell. <laughs> a premiership captain for the club, one of the better centre-half forwards we've ever had in our life. Um, and he'll also remind you that he won a BNF at centre-half back. Was that the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, won a BNF. Yeah, so yeah. centre-half back, centre-half forward. Um, incredible player for the club. And we, me and Scotty are just sitting there nervous as all hell, especially on Zoom because they can see us being nervous. <laughs> and they, they take their time with us. They go slow. And even, like you said, before the podcast, they're chatting away with us. We, uh, so how do you want to yeah, talk we're... about this, guys? I can't re- reiterate enough that we're genuine fans first. Oh, you know, man. just Yeah. Uh, so, look, it, it, 
It just went so well, much better than I ever expected. Look, we did obviously cr- through that create our lunchtime catch up uh, podcast YouTube channel. Yeah. So that's got everyone. Like I think there's something like eight eight episodes you can catch up on, um, and which have been just yeah, it's really good audio, really good uh, vision. So. Uh, and some great highly, stories too, yeah. man. Great stories. Oh, Gary yeah. O'Donnell was unbelievable with his stories. Oh, man. And, and Roland was, Connolly. Like, uh, what he doesn't know about football, you don't need to know. Yeah. Seriously, he knows him. And, and again, also too, I want to put in that same breath as um, Neil Ackerman. Yeah. Um, having Neil on there. I swear, between Rowan Connolly and Neil, what they don't know about football, you don't need to know. And look, yeah, exactly. Rowan was uh, absolutely His knowledge of the 80s is insane. It's insane, man. But, like, but we're like talking like quarter by yeah, quarter. Yeah, we're talking like the 10-minute mark of a second yeah. quarter kind of knowledge. <laughs> it freaks me of out. A, of a Fitzroy kind of Essendon game at Windy Hill that meant nothing. Oh, and then um, um, What's-His-Face came around the wing and kicked that goal from outside 50, which put him seven points up, and they ended up that seven points getting him over the line. Like... Freakish knowledge. It was probably it, look. In all honesty, it was probably the most quiet us to have been because, like, we're we're we like can't compete with that man. Well, we're, we're we're literally eight to twelve years old, right? So yeah, we, we I I went to some of these games, but I don't have that photographic memory. <laughs> like I I have the eighty four grand final memory very clear because it was a family we sat down. Like yep. we weren't we weren't rich, so we couldn't afford to go to that game. Yeah. Um, so t- we all sat down in front of the TV and went nuts. So I remember that kind of aspect. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know when you have that memory. But, look, I'm glad you mentioned Neil too because uh, Neil's been fantastic filling in for Grant. So obviously you all know uh, Neil came in basically when Grant was going to do his big walk yep. um, and COVID and everything. and That all, all died, yep. Everything kind of went haywire. Um, so Grant came back and, and, and Neil, you know, um, Grant just took some time off a bit. So Neil filled in for some shows for a while. Then he, he did our Zoom series. So look, we, we've had conversations. We are going to go back to our little bit of our, our, our normal old school format. The, the this main, kind of format, the podcast yeah, format. The, yeah. yeah, the the back to the, yeah, the SoundCloud, iTunes, audio kind of. Spotify, all that. Yeah. And so talking to Neil what we thought would be really cool, and I think Neil likes this idea as well, is is having a, a monthly guest spot with Neil. And what he's going to do is kind of bring out and have a kind of review of the month of football. So he's going to have his kind of like three or four observations uh, that he does. He's really good with analysis, really good with uh, looking at the game. Obviously, you know him from going to training and everything. So we thought this way, this would be a good way of incorporating him into the show and, and having a, like a, he, his voice into the show and 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 his unique perspective he can he has that really good idea of understanding what's happening at training and everything like that so we're look we're pretty excited about the show year ahead we want to obviously get big guests we, yeah um we're we're probably like realistically uh and i haven't told grant this so <laughs> this is ex- here we go <laughs> the, the patreon's probably you know we're going to start at the patreon side again uh, pretty close after the game starts, yeah. so like the first game starts. Where what we did was when the virus hit, we understood everyone's economic situation um, and yeah. job situation hit really hard. So we immediately stopped the payment side of things on, on that format, and that's still going. and And look, I, I, I'm probably going to give it another a month. So I thought one one thing we could do is actually start some Patreon. Uh, exclusive shows and for the first couple of weeks kind of being uh, free and opening it up and and have people just have a look about what we do and some of the things and then after that in a a month or so time we will start the Patreon site fully back and running again absolutely and and look you can it can be as cheap as two bucks a month it's it's very you know but we I'm yeah sorry sorry, when you get um, exclusive content from us we'll be doing a um, a pre-game selection show Um, yeah when when the teams come out Thursday we're going to do a Thursday night show and everything like that we're going to talk about much more stuff hopefully we can get some good guests just just that are exclusive to to the the Patreon to the Patreon site um, and um, you know I'm sure we can get guys like Gary O'Donnell and a few other guys that you know can come on board and have a chat. So hopefully it's a it's a format that we can do because look, in all honesty, we want to give something to you guys. But the the deal is that two dollars a month is is how we got to this sound, this setup. Absolutely. Uh, realistically, I first thought the the desktop was going to be the first thing we need to replace. It's still going, thank goodness, and we've got obviously an emergency older laptop and everything like that mm-hmm. if need be. But I think we, in the end, in a, in a year or so, we're going to need to replace our our 
um, our desktop. That's no doubt. So Absolutely. That, that'll be our next and little project. And it's just about helping the podcast grow. And because, I mean, that, that grab from um, Jimmy Stewart earlier and that little, um, the little clip from Dan. Um, what was that clip from Dan again, Scotty? From what I've heard of your podcast, I would say to the listeners out there, take Take all right, I won't play I, okay, all, yeah, it was the same as what we played before. Um, those little clips, and uh, this is great. I mean, the, like I said, we were huddled around a, yeah. a one microphone before trying to hook people like Dan in through Scott's phone, through RV, uh, what is it, uh, RCA lines, and all sorts of very yeah. ugly stuff. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate the patrons. We'll we won't keep harping on about it, but jump onto the Patreon um, forward slash the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Have a look at us. There'll be a minimum of that one um, extra show um, per week. And then if you notice, if you've been on Patreon a while, Scotty and I sometimes jump on for a second show or if anything interesting happens, we'll chuck an extra bit of content. Yeah, like if, if major news happens, I mean, obviously... I have the equipment here, and yeah. and if Grant's not available, I can just I just sometimes pop on for 15, 20 minutes instead. Yep. And um and look, we obviously had the luxury too of 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 possibly doing things like live Zoom chats. So I've got an account, you know, and when people can just join us, you know, yeah, <laughs> on the Patreon, say hey Patreon, here's the here's the here's the meeting invite. Let's have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. If something really big happens, and they announce Joe Danhart's you know, it looks like could play this week or that's going to talk. You know. Yeah, let's get on the Patreon so tomorrow. So we, we want to be, yeah, we want to be creative. Look, I don't want to go on too much about it. Next yes, week, indeed. Next week's episode, we're obviously really going to be ramping up to coming up to the Oh, Sydney back game. to footy, baby. Back to so footy. We, our challenge for me and Grant is to create a, a not a best 22 of Essendon, but who we think will be the 22 players picked to face Sydney, and that's a – Big difference. That's the in difference. Yeah, the, so, the difference there is like we could pick the best twenty-two, which would still be really hard when there's forty plus players. <laughs> but um, we really want to concentrate on the nuances of who plays on Isaac Heaney, right? Because yeah. he's going to be running out of a square. That ain't going to be Kyle Hooker, and it most probably isn't going to be uh, Mick Hurley either. So yeah. who plays on Heaney and that sort of stuff? So picking the right side to play the Swans. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have that challenge next week, uh, and we'll have, do much more coverage of leading up to the big Sydney game. So yep. pretty excited that footy's now coming back. Excited? Uh, Good lord, man! I've been hanging for this for I don't know how long. And uh, again, even just those those Zoom shows and um, talking to you about um, and the podcast and getting this new equipment and setting it all up and stuff. It's oh, it's kept me going for a small period of time. Um, but now that the footy's back, Uncle Dan's given us a date, um, mate. I, I'm I'm really hanging out for. It. Imagine if we get a win against the Swannies, like mate. I will tell you what, lid, lid lids off two nil. Yeah, it's like I said in the previous show because it is like an NFL season. Every week is massive. Oh, it's huge seventeen now. seventeen rounds. Yeah, you go up. You you're two nil. You're really. It's, it's incredible start to the season. It's the equivalent of going six or seven, bloody or five, maybe five or six at the start of the, the season nil because it's 17 games. Every game is You've important. You've only got 15 games left. After yeah, that's so, exactly yeah. right. So. And Essendon has had in the past a bit of a bit of a problem with starting a season, which even Dan yeah. mentioned um, in the podcast. In the I mean, yeah, and look, realistically, I mean, I think Essendon fans, when they saw that draw of the, the Melbourne after, so we've got Sydney, then Melbourne, well, I think you could... Winnable. Winnable. Yep. you got Carlton, winnable. Winnable. Uh, so, I mean, then you've got Collingwood. Um, you, do, don't, you don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But, I mean, they, that would go on But you favorites. could be going in, yeah. what, four four and zip? Which would be, yeah. Um, Which would be great form to go into Collingwood against. So, yeah, I, I think worst case, I mean, I, I think I at least want us to be three and one. Um, yes. Going into yeah. Collingwood. That's, that's I mean, if we get, if we get beaten in Sydney, then disappointed, but still disappointed. But we should beat Melbourne and Carlton. Right, so we should be one, three at one at least. Mm. Well, that's let's wrap it up. Uh, yes, indeed. You'll hear from us next week. Thanks so much. Hope you're enjoying the the sound. It's, feels good to be back, Scotty. It does. Good. Feel it good feels good to be, good to be back. back, man. We've I got mean, a couple of microphones. We're social distancing. I know um, all of those things, but uh, no, nah, it feels good to be back. We hope everybody's really enjoying, um, really enjoyed the Zoom tw- uh, shows and all that sort of stuff, and uh, and we'll be back to the normal format. Um, one show a week and then the uh, Patreons get the extra episode. So we will, uh, we'll be talking to everybody very soon. Yep. Uh, so this is the Lunchtime Catch-Up signing off. Bye.
from what I've heard of your podcast, I would say to the listeners out there, take take note of what you guys are saying. You're, you're on the money most of the time. 